0: it's one o'clock on wednesday and you know what that means you're listening to the hardwood hoop here on weagle 91.1 fm i'm your host jake gonzalez take back and relax the next hour as we talk all things basketball surrounding the Plains and the sec keep that dollar right here and let's get on with the show Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. I'm your host, Jay Gonzalez. Today I'm joined pretty much by always, Mr. Harrison Tar. Say hello to everybody. How's
1: it going, guys? Good to be be back. Good to be on the
2: show. Let's get on with the Hardwood Hoop. Yes, sir.
0: And then we are also joined today by Daniel Locke.
1: So say hello to everybody.
2: Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me, Jake. What's up, Harrison? I know that was a very awkward intro. I lost my train yeah. of thought not, right as I opened my mouth. Dude, not, even yeah.
1: the, not even the top two most awkward intros. Not in even close. Not even Colin close. Colin Byersdorf with the, hi.
0: <laughs> I don't know what it is, but that's I, I love that joke. I say that all the time now. Just Colin,
1: Colin Byersdorf, on a serious note, might be one of like the top five people, I've, funniest people I've ever met,
0: and I feel like it's like unintentionally funny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, it's so He funny. just says these things, and it just cracks you up because it's it's more of the way that he says it rather than what he's saying. Actually, the delivery is great. Like and, my,
1: one of my favorite tweets of all time was you mentioning the a member of the band was playing a wooden block, and he yeah. responded, "And she's playing it very well. <laughs> be nice."
0: <laughs> what a guy. Yeah, okay, uh, a bit more on that tweet, is for some reason, like the Miami band in Greenville, there was a legitimately, there was a girl playing a wooden block, like it was straight up just a block of wood. That's fair. I saw
2: that, yeah, because my and, seat was right behind them.
0: Yeah, like literally just in the band, that's all she was doing, she, I mean, she was getting into it, I mean, like... Hey, if you're vibing, you're vibing. You know exactly, know I mean? yeah. Be the like, best
2: wooden block player you can possibly be. Legitimately. Like whatever I, you
0: do be good at it right exactly give it your all. sell out she wanted to be a part of the band you know what she did she played a block of wood you know what she she played it well there we go <laughs> Shout right. out colin Byers. yeah we love we love you colin I uh, sad he couldn't be on the show today i don't know where you're at but you know it is what mm-hmm. it is pray for my man colin yeah. he's not dead we just don't know where he is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right today we're going to talk a little bit of march madness i know nobody in auburn wants to hear those words Um, We're going to talk a little bit of the Elite Eight, some of the Final Four games. Obviously, we're going to break those down a little bit. Talk potentially Auburn lineup for next season, what that could look like, what transfers we could see come in, who we could see come in more in the recruiting trail, Um, who's obviously who's leading. We we already know a few, and then there's a potential for a few more to go as well, which have not been confirmed yet. Uh, We're going to go into our historical Hoopers segment, which I know Daniel does not know of, and I think he'll firmly enjoy that if he stays on to that point. Um, and then we are going to do some hypothetical auburn lineups, which I think will be a very fun segment that we can kill 15, <coughs> 20 minutes with just having some. Fun. I don't
1: think that's killing time. I think that's actually discussing some stuff that should excite some people around the. Yeah, place. exactly.
0: Um, I like I, li- I think it's gonna be very fun. I already have my lineup picked for what I want. and I talked to uh, Dylan Loc- Lark. almost said Dylan Dan- Locke. Dylan trying to combine speak. names here. Yeah, uh, Dylan Lark. Uh, a little bit about this, and we are like he said two names, and both of mine were completely
1: different than what he chose. So I think it could be very well, as long interesting. as we all understand that Leo, Leo Berman's starting at the one. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, he's no, doubt. he's he's a two. He's a two. a two. Sorry, my bad. He's an
0: off-ball guard. You know, we're Ma- good. coming back for one more year. Exactly. He's start at the one. Yeah. All right, and then we might finish with just the pick'ems from the the weekend. We'll just do those those three games, which are obviously the final four games, we could also and then pick the women's final four. That is true. I forgot those. That would be hype. I forgot about those games. I need to look into them.
1: Um, I got them right in front of me. We're right. good. Yeah, we'll get into we'll that care. too as
0: well. Because why not? I, we love women's basketball here. That'd uh, be a good time. I'd be yeah. straight up having fun. If you have not been able to catch the women's March Madness tournament at all, I really don't know what you've been doing. Because well, it's been
1: literal madness, bonkers. It's been absurd. Um, There's only one team in the final four that I, I got right. I I think I don't know. I think I have two. I think I have. Dude, two. are you just different?
2: I think I had South Carolina and Stanford. I oh, remember. I had Stanford. I picked the um, three seed, Lady Hoosers, to go all the way, but uh, that didn't work out. That was a bad choice. That's that was crazy. a
0: bad choice. That, that that's the one thing about Women's March Madness is as as crazy as men's is. I feel
1: like the women's is just as crazy. Even though we have three one seeds and a two seed. Yeah, way. but it still feels like.
0: I mean, we've seen like teams like it beaten eighty to fifteen, and then you also see teams like like teams that are fourteen seeds beat two seeds, and it's like, what's happening here? This is
1: absurd madness, if you will. It's mayhem. <laughs> Get, get all state. Protect yourself from
2: Mayhem, <laughs> like
1: the March Madness tournament.
2: That should be a tournament. That should be that should be a commercial. Yeah, pitch ma- that to Allstate. Have some uh, like some guy gambled way too much money on like his <laughs> March Madness bracket. Yes, that'd be perfect. <laughs> <coughs> all right, Jake. Yeah. Sorry to get you side.
0: No, we're good. We're good. So let's talk a little bit of the Elite Eight games. Um, obviously, one of those was uh, Arkansas Duke, uh, Houston Villanova, which was a literal race to fifty.
1: Yeah, uh, that was
0: epic. Kansas, Miami, and then North Carolina and the Saint Peter's Peacocks. So, well, uh, let's talk about the Arkansas-Duke win because that was one of the one of the most interesting games coming into it, as we no one really knew kind of which way it was going to go. Um, um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we we knew Duke was going to win. I think we all. I think every, anyone who's seen I don't March wanna, Madness,
1: I don't want to take away from Duke, but Lord have mercy, has the NCAA done everything in their power to keep their precious Duke alive this year?
0: I mean, we knew that if, if Duke was going to lose, they were going to lose either in round one or round two. There was no chance they were going to lose in the, the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. They were going to get to the final four if they made it past those first two rounds. That's true. And obviously the toughest test was uh, Tom Izzo and uh, Michigan State round two. That was a really good game. Man,
1: what a what a cardiac arrest type game, man. Like,
0: Look, as somebody who has watched basketball um, all of my life and seen Coach K and Tom Izzo and – calipari and Bill self like duel it out for decades it feels like. It felt right. It felt right that like coach K at least got to play one of these guys along his route. And oh, he's got- good news is he's going to have more opportunities still. Yeah. He still got <laughs> Bill self that that opportunity there and then Jay Wright obviously from Villanova. A lot of blue bloods in this year's final 4 if you don't know who's in the final 4 and even living under a rock. Um <laughs>
1: Or choosing to shield your eyes—that's okay too.
0: Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, as as some Auburn fans have done, just completely block March Madness out from the memory. Pretend it never happened. Exactly. Uh, we have two seed Duke taking on, well, as you would expect, six or eight seed North Carolina.
1: Of course, yeah. You know, because the, yeah, given because of why not? Yeah, the, let's not discredit UNC. Man, what a run there are on! Oh, right. I know. I mean, they, they're they are a good basketball team. One of
0: the hottest teams in the country coming Probably into the tournament. The hottest team in the country yeah. coming in the tournament. and. As you can see, there in the Final Four. I mean, that, that kind of just uh, shows that. Uh, and then, obviously, two-seed Villanova taking on one-seed Kansas, which Kansas, to be honest, I thought they were my second weakest one-seed. Did not think they
1: would make
2: the Final Four. I did,
1: too. And they've looked yeah, good. Yeah, I didn't
2: see it, honestly.
1: They've looked good. Kansas has looked really, really strong. And I don't know how we managed to do this collectively as a country and as a basketball fan nation, if you will. That's a term that you guys are accepting. I don't know how we all do, might manage to just sleep on Villanova, all, all all tournament like coming into the tournament because like we all knew they were a good team. They fell out of the AP top twenty-five mid-season because they kind of had a little stretch there where it didn't look like Villanova really knew what they were doing.
2: Fun fact about Daniel Locke, that's who he is winning his bracket. Yeah, Villanova winning true. the championship. He does uh, Nova. He does. So I
1: guess Daniel is the exception to the rule because I, I, I admittedly overlooked Villanova this year.
0: Uh, I didn't. I had them losing in the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, to yeah, Tennessee. I had them going far. In me, the tournament. me too.
1: But I also feel like that's still like not considering them true contenders. I,
0: I thought I thought they would be a tough team in this tournament. And uh, they have been. Yeah. So I mean, they, they obviously the Big East is. It's been one of the premier basketball conferences in the country for
1: the past. They had two teams on this year. Yeah.
0: I mean, but still.
1: Providence, right?
0: Yeah, Providence is also there. Yeah, no, they were, they were a loaded. Um, this also, year. Creighton as well. Creighton was um, in. That's right. Three yeah. teams. Yeah, they're they're always one of those premier, like mid-major teams. I, I honestly, I would consider them in the Power Five of college basketball.
1: Villanova or Big like East? the Big East? Oh yeah, no, for sure.
0: Just historically, one of the best basketball only. Conference. Yeah, which I love that. Oh, I've got no problem with it. That's my. That's one of my favorite things. It's just uh, fun to
1: say. That's their trademark.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's what they had been for decades before leading up to the the, really the dissolvement of the big East. except i
1: think you can still play baseball in the big east right
2: yeah
0: i didn't know that i think you still play baseball i just recently found that out baseball the diamond sports are still in the big East. yeah that's cool i like that that's cool yeah but like you know historically the big east has been one of the best college basketball oh for sure yeah no doubt and to be honest like the fact they still get together and they have just basketball pretty much only and you know they still play an
1: msg for their conference tournament i mean there's just so much history there Little plug there. Jake Gonzalez got to go check out the uh, Big East tournament at MSG, Daniel. I oh, really? so jealous. You got to go to the garden to check that oh, out. That's
2: cool, man. $12 ticket. Dude, that rocks. Oh, yeah. That would have <laughs> been a no brainer for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like,
0: I, I was already in like Midtown and in Manhattan, and I was like, it's like a short subway ride away. It's, you know, three stops, you know, 12 bucks. Spent $14 to get there. Probably spent more on a beverage that was inside the stadium than I did to get to the that's game. That's fine.
2: So. That's fine. Was it at least in a cool souvenir cup? No. Oh wow! I, no, I think I, it
0: was in a twist-off lid, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did buy one of those souvenir cups, which is also like ridiculously expensive. It was like eleven dollars. I didn't even want the soda that came with it. Mm-hmm. Just one of the cup. I just wanted the cup. That's like, really good in the cabinet. I got bro.
2: popcorn in Greenville. I don't even eat popcorn. It hurts my mouth. Yeah, you got it because I, I wanted. The, they didn't have drinks in the souvenir cup. Only popcorn. Yeah, it that's was cringy. Weird. Which was yeah. really
0: weird. Like me, Colin, and Zach, we all kind of we. Because they gave us the meal vouchers. First off, the yeah. meal vouchers were $20.
2: It was insane. Which was... You know how much thank, Bojangles that bought?
0: Thank, yes. That's S-tier. Yes. There's Bojangles there? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's S-tier. Yeah, because obviously it's in Carolina, and yeah, Bojangles yeah, is yeah. huge in Carolina. Yeah, headquartered in Carolina, yeah. actually. Um, so it's like... That's awesome. They gave us like $20, and to be honest, everything was like $5 or $6. Yeah, it was really
2: cheap.
1: So we were cheap. getting
0: like, we were like seven or eight things, it felt like.
1: Before you pre- preview the Final Four games, just quick little plug about the souvenir cups. How how cool is it to go to different, like especially college dudes, go to college dudes' apartment, and be like, "Hey, can I get a water?" and just see what yes. cups they have in their pantry. Dude, that's, I go for the sickest cup every time. I'm that, gonna,
2: I want to show you my collection soon,
1: dude. You gotta come check mine now. I got a pretty healthy.
2: That, that's what
0: I. That's what I've started doing is just collect. It. Every time I go to like one of these arenas, I start collecting their souvenir well, let's
2: hear cups. most obscure one. Oof. Mine's the Wake Forest Demon Deacons men's basketball team.
1: That's that's an obscure one. I got a one up. I got go one up. Georgia Tech softball.
2: Okay, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good cool, one. Yeah. That's a cool yeah.
0: one. Mo- mo- I can't lie. Most of mine are Auburn football ones. Uh, I've got a few Mississippi State basketball ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw you get those. Yeah. Because <laughs> once again, they give us like a ridiculous thing. I wasn't hungry, so I like
1: just, you know, I took two or three. You, you know? got a 50th anniversary Peach Bowl.
2: Oh, that's cool. That's and a
1: inaugural one. Atlanta United Ooh, game. Ooh. Just throwing that one out there. Yeah. You've got to flex a little bit. I, I'm proud of them. I think they're cool. And the, and my future wife is going to have to deal with the fact that we've got these 15-year-old plastic cups. That's what I'm saying. These plastic <laughs> cups are going with me everywhere. <laughs> okay. On to the Final Four. Sorry. Um, yeah.
0: Which, you know, that was good. I liked that toffee. That was fun to talk about. It was. Um, it's
1: relevant. Yeah. Like, yeah. If
0: you're going to the Final Four, like,
1: grab get a cup. cup. Get a souvenir yeah. cup. Yeah. They're cool.
0: Probably going to be the cheapest souvenir you can get there. Oh, for sure. By,
1: well, not by, by a mile, but probably. Probably a little bit. Yeah Um.
0: So we're going to go into the final four games, which obviously is Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Villanova. Talk a little bit about you know the historical blue blood matchup of Duke versus North Carolina for me, Harrison.
1: This one, it's it's in my opinion the most storied rivalry in basketball. Uh, it's, oh, it, it is for it's, sure. It's it's that that's simple. I mean, there's there's other rivalries worth noting, but Duke UNC is the premier game. And let's be honest, as much as a lot of people are wanting to say this is rigged, I don't necessarily know that I disagree. Um, I don't I don't ever want to say sports are rigged because I think no. that's just a load of Crap! It's it's incredibly hard to rig sports. Ex- exactly, but at the same time, I I actually for one I'm gonna watch this game, which is is shocking to a lot of people in this room. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this game because of the history behind it, and because if, if we're gonna have a cliche Final Four game, let's make it this. Let's yeah. make it Duke UNC. Uh, now these teams match up really well. UNC obviously took down Duke on Coach K's farewell game, which was objectively hilarious. That was probably my favorite part. Like I as much as I love like.
0: I respect Coach K as a coach. I want nothing more than for him to lose.
1: He's he's the villain. Everybody wants yes. – you love to hate him. And you almost – a little piece of me almost wants him to go out on top just so we can despise him forever even more. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. Oh, yeah. It just feels like the perfect ending. He's going to be like, oh, Coach K, he went out on top. See, of course he did. Like, you know, just, just
0: going to throw this out there. I took Duke to lose in the first round for pure selfish reasons other than just to see Coach K lose his final game and lose it to a 15 seed. That's all I wanted in my life. It would have been hilarious. It would have been fantastic. Didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. Almost got it against Michigan State, which would have been almost even yeah. better. But big you know. Big Cat is seething somewhere. Yeah, somewhere he's not having a great big time. Big Cat, huge UNC <laughs> fan this week. Massive. The biggest you might bigger than other normal UNC fans. <laughs> yeah, facts. All right, let's <laughs> talk a, bit, uh, a little bit about Villanova, Kansas before we go to break real quick. Daniel, want to talk about this one?
2: Okay. So, as I previously said, I picked Villanova to win in my all all but one of my brackets. I have one Auburn bracket. Uh, rest in peace with that one. But in my Auburn student media one, got Villanova winning. Yeah. And in the Weagle one, I've got Villanova winning. I'm number four in all of student media, number one in Weagle. So, feeling pretty good. But, like you said earlier, I th- also thought that Kansas was the weakest one seed. I was not expecting them to make it all the way here. But, you know... They're a decent little favorite here, like four and a half points. I think that's too much. I don't think that they're going to be able to cover that. Game's gonna um, be a dogfight. It's, race it's going 65. to be, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, these are two very well coached basketball teams. I can't remember. There's a dude on Villanova who did get hurt in this game. There was a potential that he tore his Achilles. Has I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. Um, I thought that they were withholding that until like he's yeah, game time. Pretty much, which means um, that he's probably injured. They don't want people to know exactly. But still, but that that is a huge loss for Villanova, uh, in their in their backcourt. Um, Yeah, I think that previews it a little bit, and we're going to save a little bit of those for Obviously the end of the back. show for pick Um, that we're going to do to close out the show, uh, so we're not going to get into it too much, Uh, but we're just kind of prefacing that these games are going to exist, so we'll be right back after these two minutes, we're going to have a quick little two-minute PSA break, so stay right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful, as always, Dylan Daniel Locke. I almost said Dylan Lark. <laughs> I'm getting them so confused today. I didn't I realize feel how close
2: those names are. They're
1: really close.
0: Yeah, like, you don't really think about it. Like, I'm so used. First off, I'm used to Dylan sitting there anyways for yeah. the show.
1: Yeah, that's like Dylan's spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: like, I don't know what it is about every time he's on either one of our shows. I feel like he always sits right there. Right there, bro.
1: Um, Jake's a big get-stuck-in-the-corner guy.
0: I always get stuck in this corner. Like, if you, for people, obviously, you can't see. But the way that the studio is kind of set up, there's one seat that's, like, firmly in the corner and, like, kind of
1: hidden from everybody. There are three really solid seats, and yeah. then there's this one.
0: Yeah, and then there's just this one stuck in the corner, you're just, like, blocked out from everything. I hate it. They knocked I always, the mic off the stand guy, too. Yeah, that has fallen off the stand a few times So I have sat in that seat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it does that. I don't even, like, touch it. The oh, yeah, that's that the much. best
1: part. Daniel, he just sitting there talking like this, and it would just fall. And it would just drop, yeah. <laughs> and he will be like, okay, well, I'm going to be a minute. Which is why I never sit in that seat anymore.
0: I make sure yeah. to get here like super early so I can get a different seat.
2: Yeah, on Compact Discourse, that's my normal spot, but I haven't done that I in a while. S- I still got to get on Compact Discourse.
1: Man. I do what, what a show, man! If you, it's a lot of fun. Sh- like I, I'm not even associated with the show, and like this is a plug. If you're so inclined to listen to Compact Discourse, great premiere morning show here, flagship show, of Weagle 9111. ninety-one-one. That's a lot of ones. Yeah. Anyways, on to your segment here, Jake. Yeah,
0: so uh, we are going to talk a little bit about um, what Auburn basketball could look like next season, obviously. um, Better? Yeah, better, obviously. Actually. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there's a few people that have already announced that they're going to go into the transfer portal, a few that potentially could be going to the NBA draft or not going to the NBA draft. We don't know exactly. Those have not been confirmed yet. Um, But we're going to look at some of their recruits potentially, who Auburn could be targeting, um, as well as who – is already on the way. Right. I guess.
1: And who's already out. Yeah. Um, Preston Cook, four-year walk-on here at Auburn University. Local, local kid played his high school basketball right here in Auburn at Auburn High. Fan favorite. People love seeing Preston get on the court. Has uh, entered the transfer portal, wishing him the best of luck. Which, with with that, uh, someone yeah, he, someone may look at his frame and say that this guy could work in our system. He
0: he deserves a shot. Obviously, he's been a walk on at Auburn for I think it's three seasons or four seasons. Four seasons. Year. He was a true senior this year. Um, and now he gets. He's obviously going to leave to go. Or he's got his Auburn degree, so now he's going to go leave somewhere and try and you know play college basketball and actually get minutes. Which I mean, there's a few games this season that he got minutes and he didn't look horrible.
1: He I mean I talked about this time in and time out. I thought Preston Cook. We uh, Auburn asked him. Excuse me. Auburn asked him to step up in a big way at uh, UGA. Yeah. And I thought, you know, he didn't play lights out, crazy take over the game basketball. That's not what they asked him to do. I thought he played fine at guard. Turned the ball over once. Okay, that's fine. Uh, had an assist. Had a couple buckets. Uh, I I think that Preston Cook could be an asset. Maybe maybe on the bench rotation or maybe even a starting rotation for like a conference USA, sunbelt, Belt, uh, one of those. Mountain West, yeah, uh, some something of that nature.
0: Obviously, not as big as a school as an SEC school or one of the, I guess, big conferences in basketball. But some of those lower D one schools, someone's going to take a shot on
1: or a chance on them. Don't be surprised if a SWAC school reaches out too. Yeah, be, absolutely. Uh, we're right in in the home recruiting bed of of the SWAC. Um, really, I mean, that's a little bit further. Yeah, least, but still, uh, don't be don't be surprised. Something like that that could be really cool for him and a good opportunity. I,
0: I think it's a great opportunity, especially you know. I think one thing you have to look at as you know, as much as he has been a walk-in at Auburn. um, He also has four years of playing in a high college basketball system, understands how it works. Obviously, you know, he's not going to be on the team if he can't play. Even, you know, he did earn a scholarship spot this past season, which is big. Um, That shows that he's obviously willing to work and willing to put in the effort to be a good
1: player. And he should enter the portable two years of eligibility. Yeah. So with the COVID year, and I'm sure he took a redshirt freshman year. I think so. I'm, I'm almost positive. If not, he, he can retroactively look go back and if yeah. he had a few few amount of minutes, which I'm sure BP did, he should have two years of eligibility um, in the eyes of the NCAA. So that's cool. Yeah, good and opportunity that, for him.
0: I think that's a really big thing. Um, uh, another person that has left is Devin Cambridge. Uh, obviously, a small forward slash shooting guard kind of combination, uh, really a combo guard for Auburn. Um, played obviously big minutes for Auburn, not only. Uh, at the start of the season with Adam Flanagan getting hurt, but also down the stretch, um, just off the bench.
1: I think that Cambridge has a has a really unique opportunity here and also a very cool opportunity to team up with his brother who was previously playing at Nevada, correct? Yeah. Yes. Nevada. Um, really cool opportunity. Someone, some team, apparently Arizona's interested in the, in the duo. Yeah. Um, some team is going to take a look at these guys and realize that they've got the opportunity to do something kind of special here. Um, Devin Cambridge is an elite dunker. (laughs) Um, I mean, let's be honest, he's a momentum guy. He's got bunnies. He's got incredible hops. He's a very good rebounder. Yeah. And uh, if he he gets in the gym, he can get that stroke back. It it can happen. Uh, Yeah. He just needs someone to help him. Maybe a change of scenery will help him get out of that shooting funk that he was in this year. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, uh, one thing that we have seen these past three seasons that Cambridge has been at Auburn, uh, you've seen his... Three-point percentage obviously go down each year. I think he was shooting around 35% his freshman year. He was a microwave his freshman yeah. year. Um, and this past season he was shooting, I think, in the 22s, 22% something around there. Yes. Low 20s basically. Um, but, I mean, people who've watched this team and have watched them uh, have seen kind of this change from Cambridge where, you know, shooting stroke has gone, but he's still been able to help out the team in multiple ways, whether that's on the offensive glass or – creating momentum kind of like a Malik Dunbar did uh, a few seasons ago when Auburn went to the final four. He's going to be a valuable asset somewhere. Yeah. I, I think that obviously the combination with a brother, I think that gives chemistry no matter where you're at. Um, those could be
1: a good one, two kind con- of combination. And something else to throw out there. I don't, I can't speak on behalf of having siblings cause I'm an only child, but I can, I, I would imagine it's, it'll, it'll be good for him to have his brother on the team at this stage in his life. He's been in the Bruce Pro system for three years. He's ha- played at the, at the highest level. And, uh, Having a brother on the team as a teammate, not only are your teammates going to hold you accountable, your brother can be a little harder on you exactly. than a teammate necessarily could be. Not that they can't dog on each other and they don't. I'm sure they hold each other accountable. Yeah. But a brother, you know that this is coming out of a place that, that out of love, wanting to make you better. Yeah. Um. So uh, that could be really beneficial to his shooting game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One thing I was kind of thinking, like obviously they're from Nashville. His sister plays basketball at Vandy. I was kind of thinking, like, what if we saw them at Vandy? Vandy or Belmont. Yeah. I know Belmont's expressed interest.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say as far as, I and I talked about this on your show last Friday, um, some of the early schools that were showing signs were Arizona, Arizona State, Ole Miss,
1: I think Missouri, um, and then Georgia as well. I think Missouri's been debunked. Yeah. um, Because Missouri, with the whole coaching change, I think that that was kind of a a rumor that had been kind of kicked to the side. UGA might not be the worst fit for him. Not at all. I mean, especially for Mike White.
0: Fishman uh, Akunwe comes back to Auburn. He's going to look Qu- into the- that's his name. I can never. He's officially say his last name. I not officially yet,
1: but unofficially in the transfer portal. Yeah, um, don't be surprised. I mean, don't be surprised if he's an Auburn Tiger next year. He'd look mighty fine in that orange and blue. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's he's great. He he's a Bruce Pearl basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, got BP written all
0: over him. Uh, Sounds like uh, Tom Crean's just a recruiting hotbed, basically for Auburn.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe Tom Crean should come to the plane. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's what I've thought. All of my friends call me crazy, but as a recruiting analyst or recruiting recruiting, recruiting coordinator, yeah, <laughs> no, he he can do it, man. You might not be wrong. Not the worst idea. I mean, just some of the recruiting careers he, upper, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It has to be. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially with the way that but he, never, that doesn't mean he has to leave college basketball. No, I mean, not he's, at all. He's a, I mean, you got the number one recruit in the country and the number one pick to go to a team that didn't even tournament. Exactly. Right? Right? Yeah, that's 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 a that's, he, a, that's a guy a that recruiter. could be valuable somewhere. Yeah,
0: he's a recruiter. All right, so we're going to hop into our historical Hoopers segment. Oh. We have four minutes, so we have to go to a PSA break. So probably what we'll do is that we will jump into it a little bit. I'll let kind of the air settle, let you think about it, sulk on it for a few minutes in the PSA break. We'll come back. We'll talk about who, whether or not we think this person would be a historical Hooper.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: So, Daniel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down for you a little bit since you have okay. not. Obviously, I'm assuming you've not listened to the show and you don't know what the historical Hooper segment is.
2: No comment on the not listening part.
0: Uh, (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Um, So not only like, you know, obviously I'm a big sports fan. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, talking about basketball here, but I'm also a history nerd. So what this does is it combines the two. It Mm -hmm. combines my love for basketball, my love for history. It gives me an excuse to basically dive into a random historical figure for 30 minutes to an hour every week so I can come together with this list. So love it. We're going to run, I'm going to go through a list of pros and cons, and then we're going to kind of discuss a little bit and choose whether or not this person would be good at basketball. So okay. he would, whether or not he would be a, a historical hooper. Uh, so today we have the wonderful Leonardo da Vinci as our topic. I love it. Uh, I figured I'd go a little bit kind of uh, off the wall with this one, not a normal one that we've done. So obviously like in the past, we've done like George Washington. Uh, I think Leonard B. Johnson's been one. Yep. Leif Erickson, Cornelius Vanderbilt. Uh, just to name a few. of That those was a guys. good one ahead of the Vandy game. Yeah, Cornelius Vanderbilt. That was a good one. Yeah, that that one I was I was going to do somebody else, and then like last minute I was like, wait, why am I not doing Cornelius Vanderbilt? Auburn's about to play Vandy. Yeah, <laughs> this is a perfect combination. It was, awesome. was a good one. Yeah. So today, yes, obviously, if you don't know who Leonardo da Vinci is, he's one of the most famous painters in the world. Um, painted the Mona Lisa, but he also uh, hanging was, in the Louvre. Yeah, hanging is, is hanging in the Louvre. <laughs> um, he also is like kind of. He was known as a renaissance man, as the renaissance man, because he was kind of just well-versed in everything he did, from engineering to anatomy uh, to uh, just creating inventions, in a sense. Dude got bored and learned stuff. Pretty much. That's pretty much how his mind worked, which is um, incredible. Yeah. So for the pros, I the first one, this is an easy one. Dude was a genius. Obviously, uh, you know, his inventions, his ideas, some of them are obviously still being used today. Some of them were too complex, even for his time, but are kind of just now coming into possibilities in modern day uh, which kind of shows pretty much how smart this man is. Right. How wild he was that he was doing this in the 1450s. Could be good at breaking out film. Exactly. I said he could it, could have a high basketball IQ. You know? this the potential for a high basketball IQ. Sorry. A, a con I have. I said he's said to have been around 5'8 or 5'9. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I just looked five up. Eight, five, nine. Um, so, you know, there's there are point guards that are 5'8, five, 5'9. Jared Nate Harper Rob-
1: just got a two two-way contract.
0: Yeah, Jared Harper just got a two-way contract with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, you know, he's he's a shorter guy, shorter point guard. You know Nate Robinson, shorter point guard. He could also Oh, dunk, Nate though.
1: Robinson, you're speaking my love language.
0: I <laughs> love Nate Robinson. Uh that that uh the Celtic the the green New York Knicks jersey lives in my heart when he did in that dunk contest. That one lives in Denver my mind. Denver Nate Robinson lives in my mind for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then another pro that he was a painter. Obviously, he's a very famous painter, you know. Mona Lisa, like I said earlier, the Sistine Chapel. I don't know if that was him actually or not. Um, it was. Uh, which the mean, which means the dude could control his hands and be precise. So he could either be an excellent passer, and also be sneaky good on defense with those quick hands. Hey,
1: maybe some good handles.
2: And being That's shorter too would really help on the defense.
0: Exactly could be could be could be a good defensive guard. All right, and then another con that I have is that most of his ideas were wild and impossible to build, not only in his time but today. So like, what's, I'm trying to think of one of them, but, uh, he had like, basically like the, the, the predecessor for a helicopter, which was kind of like this kind of arrow screw. Oh, that's cool. So like, obviously if you think of an airplane or like the airplanes, they were kind of imagining back then it's like those canvas roofs. It was basically a giant screw that they would pedal and it would just like, like screw up. I would, I would try
1: it if I could guarantee you, I could do it over the ocean.
0: Yeah. Obviously (laughs) that could not happen. Um, you know, it gets a little crazy. You have to pedal ridiculously fast. Just get Lance Armstrong to do it. <laughs> I hear okay. he's got a lot of free
1: time these days. <laughs> it wouldn't be a show with me on it if there wasn't an edgy comment.
0: Not at all. Not at all. And with that, with that being said, we're going to go to a two-minute PSA break. Because, well, I'm just going to take the mic away from you. <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, so take some time, if you're listening, whether you're listening in your car, <laughs> online. Think about whether or not Leonardo da Vinci would have been a good basketball player based on what I have just given you. And in two minutes, we'll come back on the other side, and we'll discuss it and give our thoughts. So stay tuned right here on Regal 91.1 FM. If you would like to join the National Guard, go to nationalguard.com. Is that what it is? .gov. .gov. It That would make sense to .gov. Um, yeah. So on the other side of the PSA break, uh, we discuss, or I gave my pros and cons about whether or not Leonardo da Vinci would have been a historical hooper, whether or not he would be good at basketball. So you've had two minutes to kind of sit through it, Sulk it over a little bit, kind of just really get into deep thought about whether or not he would be good at basketball. So I'm going to kick it to, I'll go Daniel first, on whether or not he would be a good basketball player.
2: You know, you convinced me. I mean, five, nine, obviously very good with his hands. I feel like he'd be a very good defensive guard, and I feel like he could probably also shoot. Okay. So yes, I say yes.
0: All right, all
1: right. Harris, I'm kicked to you now. Dude, this was a no brainer. I think Da I think Da Vinci was, was a hooper. I actually think he hooped actively. <laughs> he hooped actively, actively. in the fourteen fifties. Sure did. Alright. I think that this guy we knew he was ahead of his time. You got a point. Some people are saying that Leonardo Da Vinci Da Vinci not only would have been a hooper, he would have been an all star.
0: Would you would he be better than Michael Jordan?
1: People are saying.
0: <laughs> uh, not me, but people. Some someone has said it before. <laughs> it just
1: came out of your mouth.
0: That's true. It did. Well, I was more, you know, asking you a question. I so. didn't
1: say that you endorsed it. I was just saying people have said it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Now now comes, you know, the one you're all, the decision you're all here for.
1: Whether or not I think he would have been a Hooper. Oh, I you thought know? you were gonna say Billy Ferris was gonna come in and tell us. I, w- <laughs> I wish. I wish. That would have been hilarious. Um we should get him on next week and get him to do the historical Hooper. Oh yeah. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm down.
0: I'm so down. Um so I you know, he's got he's got he's got his, you know, the brains. He's got the high basketball IQ. Which means he could also be a floor general, he could be a point guard. Right. That's going to already lean them there, plus his height at five eight, five nine. You know, it's not the tallest frame, but a one can still work there at five eight or five nine. Um, but then you have the, the ability of his painting, you know? He can work the paint perhaps. You know. Oh. That was a little easy one to work in. I like the pun there. (laughs) That was a little too easy to work in. But he could control his hands. He could be precise. You know, he could handle the basketball.
1: Might be a good shooter.
0: Could be a good shooter. Could pass the ball pretty well. But he also played good defense. And there's one thing I love in basketball as good defense. defense. Fundamental defense wins basketball games, all right? (laughs) Harrison knows my spiel about being a, a traditionalist when it comes to basketball. I'm not going to go into it again because I've said it about 15 times on this show. But I'm going to say he was a hooper. Yeah, he's a hooper. So we have a unanimous consensus. Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci. Certified hooper. Certified hooper. He's what you would like to call a historical hooper.
1: Yes, sir. So Give he, it up for Leo. Bro. Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. Leo, Leonardo da Vinci adds to the list of being a, a historical hooper. He joins uh, George Washington. I think Cornelius, Cornelius Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. And I can't remember who we did last week, but I nope. We we said Julius Caesar did not make the list. Nah, no um, shot. Mm-mm. He didn't make the list last year. Had too many people do stuff for him. Exactly. Not, he was a he, he was a snake too. Snake. Yeah, you
1: snake can't trust him. him. Exactly. And exactly. The only the only snake that we trust in basketball is the black mamba. Facts. I'm just uh, saying.
0: Yeah. mamba mentality. Mamba mentality. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, the goat, the legend, the second greatest player of all time.
1: Yeah okay. <laughs> all right, go on. All, all right, right. right. That, that's a topic yeah, for another that's a, week. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's another that's an off-season topic. Yeah.
0: Um, we're not really have basketball to go on. So, for this segment, for this uh, next fifteen minutes, um, obviously we know we just talked for a few minutes about whether or not Leo would be in a Hooper. Um, we're going to go into what I like to call hi- hypothetical Auburn lineups. All right. So we're going to create. We're each going to create our own team, like Auburn basketball team, from uh, players from the past four seasons, for so pretty much up until like up from the Final Four season. Up until now, all right? Okay. So I'm going to let you guys choose. Does kinda... still be here? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. It could be, I mean, it could be Jared Harper. It could be Bryce Brown. It could be Jalen Green. It could be Jalen Green, <laughs> obviously. Uh, you know, he would have chosen Auburn if it wasn't for the G League. <laughs> um, well, or Memphis. Or, well, he could have just got, been going to G League the entire time. Nobody will
1: ever know. I'm counting Jalen Green.
0: Yeah. Um. So I'm going to let you guys choose. Um. I already have my lineup kind of set. I know you can see mine, Harrison.
1: Yeah, I'm not like 100 percent with you, but I'm, I'm close. Yeah, that's that's the point of this. Is we can I'm discuss close. This.
0: Um, so I want you to I want you to kind of you know tell me yours.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna start with the easy ones, the bigs. Yeah. Uh, Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith are gonna be yeah, down that's... low for me. My front court is set in that it's not even a thought. Uh, my three is gonna be Isaac Okoro. That's that's a pretty no brainer for me. Yeah. My starting one, I'm gonna agree with you, Sharif Cooper. I'm going with the small ball package here. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna have two small guards and I'm, I'm gonna let Sharif and Wendell Green Jr. take my backcourt.
0: That's interesting.
1: I, I know it's interesting.
0: I I'm I've got a I've got a little bit of a bench as well. I I see the bench. I don't have Wendell on my team. I would
1: have Jared Harper and over over uh Katie Johnson okay. on my bench for yeah. sure. So that there's there's my there's my guards. Yeah. Uh, Bryce has got to stay on the bench. You're right. Um, Chimo Kiki is definitely going to see minutes, and uh, Malik Dunbar. I-, I like that one, but I don't know, man. I need, I-, I need another big. Yeah, that that one was a little tricky to me. Um, I didn't.
0: I, I put Malik in there uh, solely because of the energy he brings off the bench. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, if anyone watched that 2018-2019 season, I went all Auburn went to the Final Four. He was just electric
1: every time he came on the floor
0: along that run. And he,
1: he has a special place in my heart. I'm gonna add two more guys from that team. Go for it. Instead of Malik, I'm going to have my backup uh, center be Austin Wiley. Yep. And I'm going to add Anthony Macklemore. Yeah. I to be to be honest, I would choose Anthony over
0: Austin Wiley because I think he can play in that four to five slot and kind of rotate between the two, between Jabari and you know whatever. You can go big. You can run Chuma at the three have Anthony at four, and then have Walker at four. What five. a nasty team this would Yeah, be. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I've got. Dan, tell me who you have on your team.
2: All right, so I'm kind of with kind of with you guys. Front court set, Walker, Jabari. But I kind of played around with my one through three a little bit. You played around with your three? A little bit.
0: Playing with a three is an interesting choice. That's
2: an interesting choice. Yeah. I'm listening, though. I'm, I'm all know, I'm going to have Chuma at three. Okay. 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 Yeah. I'm going to have Isaac Okora run the two. Yeah. All right. I can and see I'm going to have Sharif start at the one. Okay. I like the. And then yeah. the my shuffle. bench is Katie Johnson, okay. Malik Dunbar, All right. Bryce Brown, and Anthony McLemore. No Jared no Harper. No Jared Harper. Found. No Jared Harper. Okay. All right. I'll give him a walk on spot.
1: <laughs> oh, my Lord.
0: You heard it here first. Daniel Locks says said Jared Harper only deserves a walk on spot. The
1: statistically best guard in the history of Auburn, Auburn basketball. basketball.
0: <laughs> only could be a walk on here. You heard it here first, right here on the hardwood hoop. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go through my starting five. Um, I have, Shiro- uh, well, I'll go, I'll go from the back, or the the front court to the back court because that's what we all did. Um, so I'll, I've got obviously Walker, Keso and Jabari Smith. Those are known. I also have Isaac Okora at the three. This is where it gets interesting in my lineup. I have Samir Doughty at the two. I don't hate this at all. Samir Doughty, Isaac Okora combination. It was deadly in that twenty season. Obviously, the one cut short by COVID. Deadly. Lockdown defense, but they can also score and slash. I think that's elite, especially when you compare it with who's running the one and Shreve Cooper, who can shoot.
1: can shoot, yeah, can no, shoot the no. three-ball while he I can mean, the floor. You see what he did to the G, G League last night? Dropped 42. 42. Yeah. Seven for nine from three.
0: Exactly. The man's nasty. He went put, put, him the right <laughs> put him on the Hawks right now. He's
1: super gremlin.
0: Put him on the Hawks right now. You know what I'm going to say now? The NBA G League, it's just the Auburn League. It's just where <laughs> Auburn alumni go to just thrive. Okay, cool. So then on my bench, I'm going to add Jalen Green. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just Auburn, but like the next step after Auburn.
1: I love how Auburn fans kind of claim Jalen Green. Yeah. And, and Memphis fans don't even try. Yeah. I think it's funny.
0: It's fantastic.
1: Like a, a small piece of me is waiting to see a Jalen Green jersey at, at a basketball <laughs> game, and, and I'm going to love it. Yeah. I'm going to adapt that guy up or girl up or whoever's wearing it. I'm going to be like, hey. You're right.
0: You're right. He went to Auburn. <laughs> you're right.
1: <laughs> I love the energy.
0: Yeah. So then, I obviously, I've got Sharif, who's going to spread the floor, Samir, and Isaac with their lockdown defense. We all know what Jabari and Walker can bring, not only on the offensive side, but as well on the defensive side. Be extremely good defensive team. Fourth, pretty much outside of Sharif. Really good defensively. Okay, you can give up yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then my bench, I have Jared Harper and Bryce Brown. Keep that combination together. Let them thrive. Yeah. In that kind of that uh, the bench minute role, bringing Chuma as well off the bench. He can play in the three or in the four. And then I, you know, I talked about it earlier. Bring, bring, bring Malik Dunbar in off the bench for energy. About that
1: time. About, about that, time, that time. About that time. I love time.
0: it. I, I love Malik Dunbar. Um, he has, <laughs> it, like I said earlier, he has a special place in my heart. Uh, there's n- honestly, like, if there's one person I could keep from those teams and still have them be on.
1: Like, the team now, it would be Malik, probably. But, I mean, there's so many more options you could rotate in. I mean, I, oh, would, yeah. I wouldn't hate anybody. First off, love having Samir in the starting lineup. Then you get the shimmy factor. Exactly. Uh, headband Samir. Headband Samir. Uh, I mean, you, you keep going down this list. If you were to add a couple more bench spots, I think Daniel Purefoy starts getting in the conversation. I don't know if I put Daniel on my team. I, I think Daniel gets in the conversation for sure. I think that 2019, specifically 2019, Devin Cambridge is on that team. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jalen
0: Williams probably makes this team. Jaylen, I said Jalen wants to make this team over Daniel for me. I would,
1: I would agree with that. But uh, speaking of uh, Jalen Williams, a guy that you and I both have been very high on yeah. um, throughout the season. Not that I'm taking over your show, but you got two minutes to mention what Auburn might look like this year. Yeah, we didn't touch about that.
0: Uh, yeah, so we forgot to mention it in the last block. Um, obviously, um, you know we've got all, Auburn has all three guards returning for
1: next season. So Zepp, KD, and Wendell. And per Justin Hokinson, Walker Kessler's seriously weighing his options on the return to the Tigers, it's not been ruled out even a little bit.
0: Yeah, especially I think the NIL brings an interesting kind of dilemma to
1: him. Reportedly he's making more in the, in the with NIL money than he would on a two way contract. Exactly. Ma- natural ba- now you take away the signing bonus, which is different. Yeah. But yeah. That's but something to think about. That's that's what okay. I'm saying. That
0: that the NIL itself brings in an interesting topic when it comes to basketball. Because specifically basketball. Yeah. Um, because people who are not not exactly sure if they're going to get drafted or not or if they're going to go high in the first round and be a lottery pick, staying in like college basketball is almost as, I guess, monetarily beneficial as it would be to go to the NBA and be on a two-way contract or
1: be a bench player or a reserve player on an NBA squad. Especially with Walker Kessler. I mean, it's not unreasonable to think that if he has another outstanding defensive year and then maybe boost his offensive production just a little bit, not yeah. that it's not there, but boosted it a little bit, he could be a lottery pick next year.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think he could be a lottery pick for this season. Uh, not only because, I mean, you see the people that he had around him, obviously in Jabari, who's going to score points in night in and night out. Um, That's going to take points away from him on the offensive end, especially in the paint uh, when he's got to work with them. So, I mean, that offense output's still going to be there. He's still one of the best shooting like bigs when it comes to not only inside the painted area, but also beyond New York. He can
1: spread the floor. He's the modern kind of NBA big. And and when you look at this team next year, Daniel, you look at your your three guards are all coming back. You're getting Zeb Jasper. You're getting Wendell Green. You're going to get KD Johnson. And you assume that all of those guys are going to progress in the offseason under perfect circumstances. You build the team around what I think is a very strong forward in Jalen Williams. Yep. You have the, the possibility to bring in Johan Trowery. I think that that's I think, very, very likely. Yeah, I agree as well. And uh, then you, you throw in Walker Kessler and, it, 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 and the hypothetical that Walker returns. And I, yeah. I think I think we're having serious conversations about that now. Yeah. Uh, Walker Kessler in that starting five, you give another year to Dylan Cardwell to really develop. And, and Dylan played much above what he's played at la- exactly. he Played his freshman year, yeah. right, mm-hmm. last year. This team, guys, Auburn might be better next year than they were this year.
2: Very possible. And then – I mean, don't even forget Trey Donaldson coming in. Yeah, and Chance Westry.
1: Chance Westry. This team is
0: not going to fall off. No, no, not at all. I mean, I wouldn't expect this team with Bruce Pearl and obviously the way he's able to recruit to fall off, really. And And the
1: portal's just now heating up. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Auburn's obviously been uh, in contact with uh, Eric Stevenson out of South Carolina. There's one guy from OSU. I cannot remember his name. Uh, And a few other guys as well, but we'll touch on that a little bit when we come back from our PSA break. So we'll see you guys in the next two minutes right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. All right, this is the final block of the Hardwood Hoop right on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. Uh, Today I'm joined by Harrison Tarr. What's up, what's up? Yeah, um, and we just had Daniel Locke uh, leave the show, but he was on for the first three blocks. So if you did not get a chance to hear his wonderful voice today, you can go find this show on Spotify shortly after uh, we get off air here.
1: Absolutely commercial-free, PSA yeah. break-free.
0: PSA break-free. You can listen to all the highlights, obviously figure out whether or not someone would have been a historical hooper or not. Tease that one. It was Leonardo da Vinci today. I have to find out.
1: If, if you've not listened already,
0: you got to go back and find out if he's a hooper. Exactly. You can find that on Spotify. Same name, the Hardwood Hoop. Uh, it'll be whatever the today's date is, and you'll see which one it is. Just think there's five or six episodes up. It'll be the most recent one. All right. So we uh, kind of talked a little bit about what Auburn could look like next season. Some of our hypothetical lineups of teams from the past, you know, from the past four seasons, what it could look like. Let's talk a little bit about people that could be on their way to Auburn.
1: I'm going to start off with an obvious obvious uh, choice here that I've been pretty high on ever since I've seen him play this year. I like Aquindo. I don't even want to try to the first name. I don't want to butcher. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aquindo out of UGA. Um, uh, small forward. Small forward. Can play that power forward, power forward role as well. And there's room. There's yeah. certainly room at Auburn. I, I think Jalen Williams is the guy, uh, but you, you need depth. And uh, if there's one thing Bruce Pearl's good at is that refilling a bench and reloading a, reloading a team. I think that with him unofficially being in the transfer portal, I don't know if that's official yesterday. I know as of yesterday it was reports that he'd entered his name yeah. with the departure of Tom Crean. It all makes sense. And, uh, I mean, nobody recru- recruits Georgia better than Bruce, Bruce Pearl. Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> so. It uh it fits it makes sense he feels like a guy that kind of needed to prove himself in the first place yeah and uh, kind of got one year of SEC play under his belt that's good that's experience yeah. and he and he balled out he's the bright spot on that really abysmal team
0: yeah and the I think he was I would say yeah uh, he's the one bright spot that the Georgia team had on a pretty bad season historically bad yeah.
1: season I mean it was the worst record in program history there you go. So, I I like Aquindo to at least explore his options within the SEC. I'm sure there will be other SEC teams jockeying for him. I'd be shocked if... If Auburn was the only one. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, I'm sure that he'll get a call. There's going to be, obviously, other Power 5 teams that are going to be calling his name as well. ACC guys. I mean, Miami's going to have to reload after this year. Exactly. I think he fits in that system, too. So, great defensive and, obviously, huge offensive.
0: And I I really think that presents a very interesting um, dilemma that Auburn has faced. Um, Obviously, Auburn has... Three guards returning next season that all played heavy minutes. They have two more coming in, and Trey Donaldson and Chance Westry. Uh, obviously, Devin Cambridge and Preston Cook are gone. But Devin Cambridge, more than likely, Jabari will be gone as well. Jabari Smith's going. Yeah, to be going to the um, NFL, NBA draft. Excuse me. Yeah, ninety-five percent. We'll go with that. Just ninety-nine. Ninety-nine point eight percent. We'll go there.
1: Um, the other point two percent is that he just breaks both of his legs at the NBA. Yeah combine or whatever meetings yeah
0: um and then obviously with the potential that walker could also be coming back because he is weighing that option
1: um it, it feels like a real possibility
0: yeah not a lot of minutes i think on this team and i think that that's that's why i think it's a very interesting dilemma uh that auburn is kind of facing themselves Is you know you have five guards that can all play certainly a good problem to have yeah it's i mean it's a great problem to have uh it's just it's hard to bring guys in a lot of the times who want to be the star on a team but you have you're probably going to play 15 20 minutes of a ball game and they want to play 30 45 or 30 to 40. And you know, you know, I think Johan Traore if he comes in that that clogs up that power forward spot as that, well as That, the center that spot. probably
1: takes away from Aquino. Yeah, I th- but I think if you choose you'd rather have Johan. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting concept there. Yeah,
0: and then obviously the, I think the three spot is the most interesting
1: spot on this Auburn roster as what what they're going to do. Unless they can make a pitch to a window that he can play the three, which he probably could. Yeah. Uh, I mean, handled the ball a lot more than any forward probably should at UGA. So, I mean,
0: Alan Flanagan did that, Uh, not obviously not this season, but uh, in
1: the 2021 season. Speaking of Alan Flanagan, good chance he's gone.
0: I, I think that is becoming more likely as we kind of get deeper into this. The longer Post-season.
1: that we wait to hear a word from Alan Flanagan, the more likely it is that he leaves Auburn.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's move into Pickums a little bit.
1: Let's do it. Uh, we've got eight minutes left, or six
0: minute. Sorry, pardon me. Seven minutes. There you go. I got there finally. Right there in the middle. Right there in the middle. Uh, we got seven minutes left in the show. Let's talk a little bit about the Final Four games that we got going on this weekend, uh, <coughs> the NIT championship game, and we're also going to pick the March Madness women's bracket as well. Their Final Four as well in Minneapolis. So let's start with the men's March Madness. We're going to finish with the women's because, well, the women's is going to be wild. And Agreed. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Um, so we are going to start with Kansas versus Villanova. Who
1: do you have in this game? I've got Villanova. I think they're hot at the right time. I think, like we said, Kansas was one of the weaker one seeds, if there is ever such a monster. they're They're a very good and complete basketball team, but Villanova's hot. And uh, I think that they've had a little tougher road to get to the Final Four than uh, Kansas, Kansas has. Definitely. So uh, I'm I'm taking the Villanova Wildcats. Okay. Is that it? Wildcats. Yeah,
0: okay. that's it. That's it. I am gonna go with the Kansas Jayhawks in this one. I rock think, chalk. Yeah, rock chalk. Uh, Bill Self obviously been in the situation before. He understands what he's into. But Jay Wright also with Villanova understands the situation. Oh, uh, been there, done that. This Final Four is legitimately blue bloods only. Um. So I, mean, I think it's going to be very interesting, especially the way that the coaching is going to happen.
1: Lots of literal blue on the court, yeah, too. all blue. All um, shades of blue covered.
0: So I have Kansas, though, just because uh, I think Villanova's backcourt is not going to be complete uh, come game time on whatever the day they're playing. I think it's Saturday, I think. Um, I don't remember. Uh, but I think Kansas will be able to pull it out. It's going to be close either way. Right. Um, Agreed. I have Kansas moving on to that championship game to face. The winner of this one between Duke and UNC. The true battle of blue bloods, the bluest bloods of them
1: all. Battle of the state of North Carolina. Yeah. One, one might even say. That, I, I've never felt so good about making a pick that's going to age so poorly in my entire life. <laughs> like, this is going to age awful. And go ahead and clip this. All um, right, got you. Recording. I like UNC to beat Duke by seven. UNC to beat Duke by seven? Uh, UNC is the hottest team in college basketball. It feels like fate for Coach K to make the championship game. Uh, and this is not me picking against Coach K because I am sick and tired of seeing him win. I am. But it's not like I would look and be like, oh, I can't wait to see North Carolina in the championship game again. Yeah. I genuinely think UNC is hot at the right time. They took care of I mean, they kind of thumped Duke. Oh, I know. And, and Coach K's last game and Cameron Andor. And I like UNC to win this one. I really, I like them to win it by seven like uh, to a point where fouling doesn't matter at the end yeah. of the game.
0: I think this is a very, very, very interesting game because it's, uh, the, yeah. it's, it's the NCAA's dream to have Coach K obviously win a championship in his final season and have you know the, all the storylines kind of come together in this triumphant, triumphant season for Duke. And that Coach K gets sent off the way that he should, which is with the national championship. I want nothing more in my life than for Duke to lose this game. I've wanted Duke to lose every single game in this tournament. because have them to lose every game they play. Yes, but. I simply cannot take any more of Coach K and all of this nonsense about him. Great coach, but I'm tired of him. It's his retirement tour. They're going to give him the championship. So I have Duke winning solely based on that. I think the rest are going to give them everything or give UNC everything well, that's, they can That's handle. been the case
1: the entirety of the tournament.
0: Oh, I know. But there's n- they're just going to keep carrying them
1: all the way to the title game. So I have I
0: have Duke, but it's going to be a close game because fouls are going to come in handy late in that game.
1: I told you, clip what I said is going to age poorly, but I like my yeah. la- I like my
0: pick. All right, and then we have the national invitational tournament, the not invited tournament, the not invited tournament. Yeah, uh, their championship game between the Texas A&M Aggies and
1: they're taking on Xavier. <coughs> easy easy pick, Texas A&M. Uh, yeah, it's it's a no-brainer for me. They're, they should have been in the NCAA tournament.
0: I I think if if there's anything that we've seen from this NIT tournament. It's that A&M should have been in the NCAA I mean, they've tournament. just been beating the brakes off of people. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, they've just been far and away the best team in the tournament, and they came in playing the way that they should have. Um, and you expect a team that was, frankly, on the bubble for being an NCAA tournament team, you know, that should have been in the NCAA tournament. All right. Let's move into the Women's March Madness Final Four. Women's March Madness Final I got, Four. Harrison's got all those, so all right. let him choose those. So
2: we're
1: going to start with the actually night game of the final four because it's a Ooh. one uh, one seed two seed instead of one yeah. seed one seed Ooh. so we've got the one seed Stanford Cardinals sitting at 32 and 3 taking on the Yukon Huskies sitting at 29 and 5 that game's at 8:30 p.m. on uh, on ESPN so on the big stage that will be on tomorrow Friday excuse me today's not Thursday yep. uh, on April Fool's Day so we've got a really, really good uh, Final Four matchup here. UConn and Stanford, both two of the premier programs in yep, women's absolutely. college basketball. Stanford's going to enter this game averaging 73.9 uh, points per game. And uh, UConn's entering this game at 74.8 points per game. We kind of thought that maybe UConn was down this year. And good night, has anyone ever been so wrong? I don't, I don't know who thought that they
0: were going to be down ever under g yeah. Um, especially with Paige Borkers coming back. I can't ever say the last name. Bukers? Yeah. Um. With her coming back, obviously. I I have UConn winning this game. I do, too. I think that they're just a team that's made for this moment and made to shine in these big games. You saw it, you know, against... Close, though. Yeah.
1: It, it's going to be a close game, you know, especially you saw it against NC State. N- nameable, uh win for Stanford this year. University of South, uh, Southern, uh, South Carolina in yeah. Columbia. Yeah. That game was bonkers. Uh, I, but I like Kristen Williams. Uh, she's leading the, the Huskies with 14.7 points and 1.5 steals per game. I like them, uh, like her and the Huskies, to get this one done close. I did too. Maybe an overtime game. Yeah. Real, realistically.
0: I mean, that would that would go along with the storylines that this tournament has had so far. Be beautiful. Last yeah.
1: game, one seed, one seed. Louisville Cardinals taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks. That's at 6 p.m. Eastern time on April Fool's Day on ESPN. South Carolina's just too good, man. I just can't, yeah, I can't pick that's again, so. easy. South Carolina
0: expect it to be a South Carolina UConn matchup or South Carolina Yukon matchup in the uh, championship game for the women's March Madness bracket. That'll be a very interesting game if it does become that. Obviously, Gino obviously being one of the most legendary coaches in women's basketball, and Don Salley being probably the best coach that women's basketball has seen right now. Correct, and is the best coach. Um, it's going to be a great game.
1: It's going to be a dog fight. Yeah, I mean this this was I, I like uh, Carolina by four or five, but I agree as well. Uh, but that, that's a late late game thing. So yeah. I, I'm taking the Gamecocks. My national champion, University of South Carolina. That's mine as well. So that's it
0: right now. You've heard it first. Right, let's, let's, let's take one more second real quick. Who do you have winning the national championship out of these four teams in the men's March Madness bracket? I will gladly run my risks with the University of North Carolina. Okay. I have Kansas because I have uh, – well, actually, I'll go with Duke. I change my mind now because I forgot I have Duke going all the way. Um, to that championship <laughs> game. They're going to get carried by the referees. So you heard it here first. Duke will be the national championships. South Carolina, Carolina on the women's side. Yep. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. Same time, same place, next week. Whoop! You just listen to the Hardwood Hoop on Weagle 91.1 FM, where we talk all things basketball. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week at 1 o'clock on Wednesdays. If you want to check out all of our other great shows, follow our Instagram and Twitter at Weagle underscore AU. If you can't get to our radio, you can stream Weagle 24 hours a day at WeagleFM.com. Until next time, have a great second half of your week.